on digital radio. On the app, on your smart TV, on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Facebook. The Sports Cast. Expect the unexpected. The update presented by The Sports Cast. Welcome to the Sportscast, February 19th, 2024. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to all our channels, YouTube, Twitch, X, and Apple Podcast. You can also listen to us on your smart speaker. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a rating and a review. It will help us tremendously. Uh, we're also on online radio. And visit our website, thesportscast.net, thesportscast.net, and also... Follow us on X and Instagram at the Sportscast One and check out our app, the Sportscast in the iOS app store. It is a Monday update show on the Sportscast. A lot of news going on, not just because of the whole uh, all-star weekend for the NBA, but a lot going on in other sports and breaking news. And join us. It's been a while since last August. I think since the Gold Cup, we got Hal Phillips. Welcome back to the Sportscast. Well, thank you, Santi. It's uh, it's good to be back, and it's a big sports day because finally the NFL is out of the way. There's, there's enough room uh, for everyone else to breathe. There you go. When the NFL's out of the way, we got Hal in back in the Sportscast. Hal, tell us about your off time this past six months. Oh, I've uh, you know, just uh, I'm 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 living the life. Um, uh. My first book, Generation Zero, um, uh, is still selling, but I sold the next book to um, a publisher called Roman and Littlefield. We'll be examining the um, the rivalry between the U.S. men's national soccer team and the Mexican national soccer team, El Tri. Um, and when I talk about um, the rivalry, I mean all the politics, culture, and socioeconomic baggage that goes along with what I argue is the most interesting, most fraught, rivalry in world football it is a big rivalry i experienced it the dos acero in columbus mm. and of course um there was a a bit of a moment how where i think the u.s had a winning streak against mexico what do you mean we're eight you know okay, let me put it this way um since 2002 i believe el tree is 8 19 and 8 against the u.s national team how about that? So we've caught up in football, haven't we? Well, we have, but I think part of what's in, what makes it interesting is that um, the Mexican national team will not acknowledge the fact. <laughs> oh, they'll never do well. They'll yeah. never will. And you know what? And now it's you're funny. seeing, you know what I'm seeing lately? Liga MX and MLS rivalry. Uh, yeah, but I think they're playing that one much smarter because the League's Cup, I think, is, is a great event. And Liga MX understands that if they want to expand into the North American marketplace, this is the way to do it. Um, but you know, that's, what's so interesting about it. It's really a codependent relationship, the U S Mexico soccer relationship, because, uh, you know, an MLS game before they put all the games on Apple, um, the best ratings they would get for an MLS match were on Univision. I mean, more people are watching soccer on Univision than on ESPN. Um, you know, of course they know that when you, 
um, have a Mexican national team game anywhere in in North in 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 the United States, there's going to be 60, 70 percent Mexicans in that crowd. We know that. But how many are in the just a regular MLS crowd? A lot. I mean, I think Mexicans are key to the the rebirth or actually, you know, the the growth of soccer in America. Huge component. Yeah, they definitely have one of the top ratings for Liga MX in the U.S. television market. Uh, yeah. Apparently, I actually beat them out recently, I heard. But we could talk about that later. Um, right. Let's go into the NBA this morning. Breaking news. The Brooklyn Nets have let go of their head coach, Jock Vaughn. Um, he took over the Nets back in uh, early 22-23 season after the team parted ways with Steve Nash. So he's a post-Steve Nash coach. The interim tag was removed from him, and he was named full-time head coach before the season. But after a 21-33 start howl at the All-Star break, the Nets decided to make a change. Your thoughts? Well, I think Jock, Jock Vaughn got screwed. He's <laughs> done a pretty good job considering uh, Ben Simmons was has been a big zero. They traded away all the talent. And um, Mikhail Bridges is pretty good. They've actually got some some very interesting pieces on that team. And I, I'm sure that Jock Vaughn is upset that he won't get a chance to coach them. I was watching them just the other night. When they play Simmons and Mikhail Bridges and Nick Claxton, their young center, three outstanding defenders. And you throw some wings next to them like Cam Thomas, some shooters. And that team is probably pretty good. They've just battled injuries like crazy this year, like everyone has. and. I think he's very unlucky. Yeah, and the Nets obviously uh, dealing with the post Nash, first Kyrie, post Kevin Durant. So they right. they had to trade a lot of people out. So what they had in their uh, uh, team was not good enough. I remember your team, the Celtics, beat them by a lot a couple of days ago or a week ago. So it wasn't looking good for Jock. Uh, so we'll see what the Nets does. Uh, they um, have an amazing stadium. Uh, obviously, the other team in New York Knicks are doing pretty good. So, of course, more pressure on Jock. Yeah, I just think that they've they've laid the groundwork for a pretty good roster there. Um, but no one thought that they were going to win 45, 50 games with that roster, especially with someone like Simmons just coming back from an injury. And they, you know, they, they had to integrate a lot of guys into that team because they traded away Kyrie and Durant and Harden for so many people. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who realistically thought that the Nets were going to be any better than 21 and 33 under, you know, anyone um, at this stage of the season. It seems like uh, they did get embarrassed, though. They played the Celtics in a back-to-back last week. They put up a good fight in Brooklyn and then lost by 50, and that may have put the uh, the nails in the old coffin. That probably did it. Uh, Brooklyn Nets are currently 11th in the Eastern Conference behind Atlanta, so we'll see what happens, who they'll hire, who's available. Uh, maybe that coach from the Bucks might, you know, uh, might come around. <laughs> I don't know. There's some coaches available apparently, but how about, anyways, co- how, about how about Coach Bud um, Buttonholzer who got screwed right. out of that job to begin with, and um, yeah. someone's got to hire. That's true. There's some availability out there, so there's uh, definitely something to to look at. Mm-hmm. Let's go into the biggest event of the weekend: the Eastern Conference beat the Western Conference in the NBA All Star. The score was 211. 186. It was the highest record scoring ever in an NBA All Star game. How uh, the Bucks was led. Uh, the East was led by uh, Lillard, who was traded to the Bucks. Now he's representing the East. Um, and your Celtics guy, Taylor Brown, led the way. Uh, Lillard had 39 points, and Brown had 36 points. 
and Lillard was named All-Star Game MVPs um, and had a fantastic weekend. He not only he won the MVP and also won the East, but he also won the three-point contest. Uh, so he had a good weekend. Uh, positive thing for him, maybe for the Bucks as well. Uh, maybe I think that's a stretch, though, Santi. Um, they are uh, three and seven since Doc Rivers took over from Adrian Griffin. I guess it was ten days ago. It has to be longer than that if they played ten games. But uh, yeah, well, I guess I'll go back to the beginning. Um, it's interesting to me that they've pushed the All Star Game back to um, to this stage of the season, not because it's the halfway point, but because football is not around anymore on a Sunday afternoon or evening. So they've got the the game to themselves or the the TV viewership to themselves. But, God, there's got to be a better way to entice basketball fans to watch than having two teams score 400 points in a regulation 48 minutes. I, I just don't see the attraction to it. I don't know anyone who does, but um, here we are. Um, I think every sports league struggles with this whole all-star equation. What really is of interest? to fans um not this uh the dunk contest mm, the bloom is off that rose although i have to say i did watch mac mcclung um follow up his victory last year with another he's clearly the most creative dunker that I, right now but too bad he doesn't play in the nba and the three-point contest that can be fun congratulations to lillard to to winning that um i don't know i just i just can't wait for the nba season to get back on track and playing real games again uh, which happens on Thursday. I'm in a Roto League, as we've talked about before, and the week that the NBA is off for um, the All-Star Game, it's like a, it's like a hole in my, in my soul, Santi. I, I don't really like the All-Star Game uh, because it takes away a, a week of meaningful basketball games, and that's not good. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be, if you're, you're, you're treating, you know, your, your fandom with um, this sort of weird kid gloves. Why, why do we care about this? I don't. That's a big question. Uh, this year was the first time in-season tournament happened in the NBA, which is equivalent to the FA Cup in England. What are your thoughts over that? I liked it, actually. It was not that bad. Lakers won it. But what are your right. thoughts? you think it's kind of better uh, than I, like the I'm, All-Star Weekend type of thing? Or I'm glad you brought that up because I would be much more interested in watching um, an exhibition like the All-Star Game or some kind of exhibition on the Sunday, but then have the in-season tournament finale on that 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 evening i mean that i would watch that uh, that's not watched, a bad idea actually not yeah. thinking about it well they 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 did it because they wanted to spur interest in the early season and and um i think they did that um yeah we haven't been on since that was on i, I think it was a success um and uh but there's no reason why they couldn't just have that final game which doesn't even count in the standings on all-star weekend maybe they will do that maybe that's the plan and they just weren't sure how it would go and didn't want to get to plan on it and plop it right down without suppose it was a failure maybe they would not want to continue the failure into all-star weekend but you know the nba has this weird feeling and i think this is um unique among football baseball hockey major sport all-star games it's really about the the player culture it's it's a chance for the players to get together and and dress up and sort of be stars and yeah there's a shooting contest and a dunk contest and this this game where everyone just stands around and dunks it they just don't want to hurt themselves I, I can understand why the players like it um i'm sure they party all weekend in vegas that's fun but 
I don't understand why I need to care care about that. Um, putting the in season tournament finale or this, yeah, both games maybe a Friday a Friday Sunday two semifinals and then a final on Sunday that I would watch. Everything That'll else still happens, but yeah. um, not you know there's actual games playing for actual stakes. So um, that's a good 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 call bringing that up. I mean, I, I I'd like to see. That I should call Adam Silver after the show and tell him about it. Yeah, I'll just I'll call Adam. I got him on speed dial. <laughs> okay. Well, in other festivities, as how brought up, uh, Matt McClung, uh, a G League player for the Osceola Magic, won the dunk contest for the second straight year, and Lillard repeated it as a three point contest. Steph Curry defeated Sabrina Inanahasku in the first NBA versus the WNBA three point challenge. So there was more going on. McClung definitely had an amazing dunk. I'm not sure if you saw that. Where he, he uh like he was in the air, let the ball go, caught it again, and dunked it. That's Michael Jordan magic a little bit. <laughs> Look, he's very creative. I mean, we've talked about this. I think when you have someone in the dunk contest who is six feet tall, and this guy is maybe six one. Um, about yeah, that that is just more entertaining. I mean, I, I I'm old enough to remember Spud Webb winning the dunk contest. That dude is five six. That was truly astonishing he he would do dunks that everyone else did but because he was so a foot shorter than everyone else it just had more impact now uh this guy mcclung has another aspect that makes him unique he's a white guy and he's got just ridiculous ups so i mean <laughs> i just don't know what he's doing in the, in the event if i was jalen brown my jalen brown um i'd be pissed because you know if you're bringing guys in from the g league is he the only one from the g league who would qualify for this tournament? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But I think I he was the exception. Yeah, I, I just can't get worked up about it. When I was 13, I did. I remember um, it was a big deal when D Brown won the, the dunk contest. I think that was 91. That was, do you see that on tape? That was actually sort of fun, but the bloom is off the rose on this. I mean, guys don't, they had four guys in the in the dunk contest, four. I mean, four, there's just, yeah. there's no interest there from the NBA. Why, why would I have it? Why would I have interest in something the players don't have interest in? Yeah, Jack Brown was also in the contest, so mm -hmm. uh, definitely a a thing to look out at. But maybe the in season tournament might be a good replacement. We'll see. I don't have much say in the NBA, as you can tell. Um, right. <laughs> so, but good All Star, as Hal said, the season resumes this uh, Thursday, and um, things are going to be getting a little bit hotter because a lot of things going on in the East and the. Eastern Conference uh, for the NBA. So we'll see what happens. Let's go into the Champions League. Uh, the round of 16 began this past week and uh, was pretty uh, was pretty exciting in a way. Uh, first game, Man City beat uh, FC Copenhagen 3-1 the first leg of, their, of the round of 16. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne scored a goal and had two assists, How while Bernardo Silva and Phil Foden also scored for City. Phil Foden late goal gives City a two-goal concussion ahead of the second leg, but this might be a slam dunk for uh, for Man City. Yeah, I don't think anyone expects them to be worried um, about Copenhagen, although um, they did tie the game. And uh, I think I watched part of it. I saw the tying goal from a fellow named Mats Matson, um, whom they had just brought back from Nijmegen in uh, the Dutch Eredivisie. The, um, this is Copenhagen now. And uh, the place was rocking for a while. It was 1-1. And then uh, Man City rolled over him. I mean, <clears throat> the, the setup is good. You know, the, the the first match is at the lower seed 
um, they get the home crowd and, uh, you know, it's closer than maybe um, the overall tie really is. Uh, so 3-1 headed back to Man City. No problem there. Uh, Man City had more trouble with uh, Chelsea in the uh, in the EPL over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which we, we, we can talk about that a little bit later. Let's go mm-hmm. to the other match of the day on that uh, Tuesday. Uh, I think it was the 13th. Uh, Real Madrid and RB Lapsek. Uh, Brahim Diaz scored a solo goal against the run of play. Carvajal passes the ball to Diaz. It was a fantastic goal. Uh, who takes on three players before scoring in the top corner. Um, Real Madrid uh, kept it just one goal, uh, but Leipzig was able to hold on against Real Madrid. Yeah, again, it's not a, it's a, it's a great result for Madrid. They're on the road. Um, they get an away goal. They didn't give up any goals. And uh, um, the only, you know, the only outlier here was Lazio um, getting a one nil victory against Bayern in their opening match. Uh, that, that, poises things quite interestingly Bayern has been terrible they lost um for the seventh time in the in the Bundesliga over the weekend um they're eight points behind Bayer Leverkusen and everyone expects Bayern to just you know waltz to a Bundesliga title they're way behind and yeah now they're staring at uh, having to go back home and score two to beat um where's Lazio in the in Serie A sixth seventh that's not even one of the let me look that up in the first I don't have it with me, but let me double check matter. on my pot mom. They're, but either way, not. Bayern is not good. No. Uh, head coach Tuchel, I mean, Bayern says he'll be back, but he's on the hot seat, I think. It's really weird that you're campaigning for other jobs um, whilst you already have one of arguably the top three or four jobs in all of world football. It's a little weird. Tuchel is um, revealing himself to be a little unhinged um, in this <laughs> serial sort of <laughs> job search. Um, but generally, I don't know what if you thought so, um, Santi. I thought the the games, um, the last uh, last week's games were okay. Um, the Lazio result was fun, but uh, much more interesting games coming up this week. They're like, eighth uh, place in the Serie Lazio. So they're not the best team in Italy. What please? What what place? Third place. Eighth. Eighth. Okay, yeah. I thought they were way down there. So, yeah, that speaks even even less. But um, I'm looking forward to PSV um, Dortmund um, with all the Americans um, on tap. You know, they have probably eight, you know, three Americans in their top 13 or 14. Maybe we'll see um, uh, Malik Tillman. And, of course, we'll see um, Serginio Dest. And uh, Pepe is uh, waiting for De Jong to get hurt. But that's an interesting matchup. And uh, I'd like to see uh, Napoli and Barcelona as well. Barcelona's been terrible. They've given up. I think they gave up more goals in uh, in the month of January than any team in the entire Spanish league. So um, they're not exactly playing their best footing. No, not at all. Let's go to the other match of that week. Uh, PSG beating Real Sociedad 2-0. Uh, Mbappe scored first for PSG, taking advantage of a lack of a marker in the corner. Just before the hour, Bradley Barcola then scored a goal uh, 12 minutes later to put PSG up 2-0. The Mbappe story is going uh, rumored around uh, how that he might be leaving PSG, possibly to Real Madrid. I did hear Liverpool rumors and Arsenal, but I think it's more more uh, Real Madrid. He's going to Madrid, and uh, I'll be interested to see um, what happens when he does go. Um, the Patrick Ewing theory, um, which is the pet theory of uh, Bill Simmons, um, uh, says that um, once they PSG finally gets rid of Mbappe, or I shouldn't say finally, when they lose him, and everything is supposed to go to hell in a handbasket, 
they'll probably get to a Champions League final only without him. That would make uh, some very poetic sense to me. That would be that is a Patrick Ewing uh, theory. Quite interesting. <laughs> um, you do have PSG being real sociad in the first round, don't you? I guess. I mean, um, the, neither team can is really poised to do anything in this tournament, as far as I can tell. Um, and there's four La Liga teams in the final 16. So um, Sociedad is probably the weakest of them, and it wouldn't surprise me if they went out. Yeah, quite interesting. Another thing going on this week, before we preview this week's games for the Champions League, MLS comes back. The first match is Inter-Miami versus Real Salt Lake this week. Um, and it's going to be quite something for Inter-Miami. They are pressured. Not pressured, but they're expected to win it, I guess you can say. They did not have a good promotional tour. Uh, they went over to the <laughs> Middle East and also Asia. Uh, they couldn't face Ronaldo. Apparently, he was injured. Uh, but what are your, your expectations for Inter-Miami and Lil Nell? And now they added Luis Suarez to the bunch. But what are your thoughts? I I don't know. They feel sort of stacked. But, um, you know, uh, folks my age are all triggered by signings like Suarez because he's old and clearly passed it um so are they are they loading up on guys who really can't play anymore and that you know when they get late into games they either have to come off or they have to hold them you know and give them a half an hour at some point i don't know messi is is uh got his own limitations i don't know i, I didn't follow it i think um um i'm now wondering whether or not i want to drop my 79 dollars on the mls package with apple tv or should i wait until mid-season like i did last year and um just just catch up on the on the for the league's cup you know and get the last half of the season in the playoffs i don't know i haven't decided yet but i don't worry about um inter miami they're they've got plenty of guys and um i hope i hope mls i hope they lose more i just want i, I want them to be a little more fallible um and i just want um their mls competition to be better i guess is my gut reaction and one thing with their competition how uh there will be replacement refs starting mm -hmm. off at least for this week in the MLS. Uh, the professional referee organization Pro has announced a lockout of major league refs as of the as of the 2024 season begins. Right. Uh, following the rejection of a new labor agreement by the Professional S Soccer Referees Association, right. that decision uh, makes the replacement refs will officiate matches until further notice. A lot of international refs are coming in. Also, first division college soccer are coming right. in referees there so it's gonna be quite interesting hopefully this get resolved sooner than later right well i think it's a really interesting development now um and again just to go back to the top um why is mls starting now because football is over um and so the timing is clear um and you know there's 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 a lot going on here and then i'll sort of try to bring it back around but the professional referees um, you know, Soccer Referee Association, the PRSA, they're on strike. They actually got locked out by the Professional Referees Organization, PRO, which was formed by the Federation and MLS to basically source referees for all the games that the Federation and MLS play. So they're, they're the overlord, the management operation here. And the PRSA didn't like the offer that was extended to them for the next season, this coming season. So why did they reject it? Um, well, I think there's this feeling that because of Messi, um, because of Apple TV, um, that MLS is swimming in cash and that they want their piece of the pie. Um, but it's it's the rejection of the, the way they've treated these referees 
um, the offer that was extended to them and then locking them out um, is perhaps indicative of um, some belt tightening from Apple. Um, the Apparently, they scale back on their production of MLS games as well. They're spending less money on that. Um, it's just not clear to me that the Apple TV venture is making a lot of money. We know that Messi's making a lot of money. We know that Inter Miami is making a lot of money, but is is Apple making a lot of money? They're very sort of famously closed mouth and play um, very close to the vest, their financial statements. So, you know, I don't want to read too much into it. Um, you can always find referees. I'm sure they'll be perfectly good because I don't think that MLS referees are very good. So the ones they bring in from Jamaica and Brazil and Mexico, I'm sure will be just fine. But I'm just wondering whether or not this is um, yeah, a little bit of an insight into how things are really going um, in the new streaming era. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, season starts yeah. this Wednesday in, uh, in the first match, Inter-Miami versus Real Salt Lake. So it looks pretty intriguing. We'll see mm -hmm. if Miami pulls off a win or Real Salt Lake pulls up an upset. Let's go into the Champions League predictions for this week. Dortmund at PSP. Uh, how Dortmund may be a good opponent for PSV due to their European form, but PSV's domestic form may not be. PSV is undefeated in the Eredivisie, but could have finished behind Arsenal in Group B of the Champions League. Dortmund won their group ahead of AC Milan and Paris Saint-Germain. Who do you have for this first leg, Dortmund at PSV? Um, I'm going with the Dutchman, and I'm going to say it right, and I want you to say it right, too, Santi. It's PSV. PSV, okay. PSV. PSV over Dortmund. Atletico at Inter, Maya, uh, Inter Milan, not Miami. Both teams have played well in the Champions League this season, and home advantage is important to the outcome. Inter is in excellent form. They're number one in the Serie A. How? Keep that in mind. Inter's are favorites to win. Who you got? Atletico, Simeone at Inter Milan. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take um, Atleti and uh, Diego Simeone. They're gonna win. They're gonna probably um, not get much from this first leg in in Milan, but I, I think they'll take it. They're a tougher, uh, more battle-tested group. And Diego, I think, had a contract extension not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Arsenal at Portal. Arsenal is in great form, having won five games in a row and scored 21 goals in the process. Arsenal's Buyako Saka and Galeno are both top assist providers in the Champions League this season with Satahaka scoring three goals and Galeno scoring four. Arsenal's front three are in good form and could make them a strong contender for this year's UCL. Porto has had indifferent 23-24 seasons so far, having only one of their last, only won one of their last three games. Who do you have? Arsenal at Porto. Well, I'm not going to punk our audience by by trying to convince them that Porto has a prayer in this uh, tie. So I'm not going to pick Porto. I'm going to I'm going to pick Arsenal and play it straight. I'm going to wait till next round to um to, to go against Arsenal. Um so I'm gonna keep my powder dry. I hate Arsenal. Um I'm a Tottenham fan. And uh which we'll they, talk about how they're doing they're, so far. They are they are just blowing teams away in the in the premiership um five, six nil. So uh they're in very good form and they should dispose of Porto quite easily. Porto, you know, has had its moments in this competition. Um they turn out an extraordinary amount of talented players there, but uh I don't think they have a prayer in this in this matchup. Napoli at Barcelona, uh, you know, both big clubs in their respective leagues. Uh, Napoli star player Victor Osimenon has returned to training. Napoli's home advantage and the Italian team's ability to take advantage of Barcelona's fragile defense 
could help them win the first leg. Napoli has a history of not winning major European matches against Barcelona. Napoli's fluctuating Champions League priorities and performances could lead to an unpredictable game. And of course, uh, the last time they met, they ended up uh, Barcelona won four goals to two, and uh, this could be an interesting matchup. Might be the closest of the of all the matches. Who you got? Um, everyone's picking Napoli because Barcelona has given up so many goals, but I <clears throat> sort of expect Barcelona to outscore them. Um, so I will pick Barcelona because I don't want my friend Esteban to get mad at me. He's a massive Barca fan. Um, but again, this is just more um, evidence that this next round of games is just more interesting to me. That's a fascinating matchup. Um, Inter Atleti is uh, is is very very is very very um, evenly matched. Is is either of those teams going to win the, the the Champions League? No. Um, but I think that matchup is really um, quite even, and I, and I can't wait to watch. And, of course, PSV Dortmund is great fun. I mean, that those are two um, teams that love to go forward. we got all the Americans um, on hand. So I'm totally um, intrigued by this weekend's this week's match, these, this week's matchups as opposed to last week's. Porto, Arsenal, whatever. Exactly. Uh, before we go, your Tottenham Hotspur with a new coach, Angie Pasigoglu, uh, Hal. They look, they are looking good. What are your thoughts over Tottenham's performance this season? They do look good. Um, they they gave away another match to to Wolves. Um, their second time this year that they've done that. Um, hats off to Wolves. They deserve to win. It's an interesting team. They're really entertaining. Um, and they seem to get up and play for the big, uh, the big uh, opponents very well. They've again handled Man City as well as anybody in the league has handled Man City and. Uh, I can't wait for the match against um, Arsenal coming up. But look, they're they're on the fringe of the top four. I think they're back out. Aston Villa, um, very surprised team there, is battling them for the fourth spot. I think if they could then uh, get a few wins strung together, they finally got a bunch of guys back from injury, a bunch of guys back from the Asian Cup and the and the Afcon. So, um, but the problem is now that they do have everybody back, they they've looked a little bit sterile. So, um, but I don't know. They you know they're your team. There's not a whole lot to be said about why they are. They just are. So I support them. I hate Arsenal because I support them. And I just can't wait them wait for them to play Arsenal because I think that's going to be a fabulous, fabulous match. I think it's coming up in April. Yeah. North London. The North Derby. London Derby. You can't beat that matchup. Uh, no. Not as strong as Liverpool, Manchester United, but... But you have to like either Man Manchester United or Liverpool to uh, to appreciate it, and I don't. So um, that's true. <laughs> that's why it makes such a good team, son. You handle that one. There you go. Well, there you have it. NBA Champions League, a lot going on. I love how because we could talk to both sports pretty easily. <laughs> Hal, tell us about your books. I know you have one that you're in the process, but tell us more information and how and how can we and how can people people reach you? Well, um. My first book is called Generation Zero, and you can find it at the um, website there on uh, on the screen. <clears throat> it is um, it is the story of the mainstreaming of um, soccer in America, and I'm actually just preparing the audiobook now um, for um, Amazon. It shall be out there, I guess, within the next couple months. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, doing a new book about the U.S.-Mexico rivalry. Um, for Roman and Littlefield, that is due in May, but will be published um, early in 2026, ahead of the, the World Cup that the U.S. and Mexico will co-host. The conceit is that this is, the working title is Sibling Rivalry, 
Um, it's about the codependent sort of fascinating um, relationship the U.S. has with Mexico over soccer, um, along with all the cultural, socioeconomic, and geopolitical baggage that goes along with it. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be really fun. And, oh, by the way, you know, they are co-hosting this World Cup. So um, it's going to be very timely, a very timely read for uh, all of uh, North America's soccer lovers come 2026. I can't wait for the World Cup. Before yeah. that, Copa America. So this is gonna be another good preview for that big tournament. So oh, I can't wait for the Copa America. It's gonna be really it's gonna fast. be quite something. Uh, but yeah, uh, check out Hal's books, and uh, we'll definitely leave a link below. And uh, go to thesportscast.net for any information. Also, our X and IG, the Sportscast One. Hal, what is your uh, Twitter handle again? Oh, it is at Mandarin Hal. Um, but um, dude, I've been I've been doing more work on Threads these days. You. Threads is good. I post here and there, like quotes, but that's it. Like I know I, I have seen people, more people uh, uh, posting stuff on Threads, but you know, off and on. I think uh, I think I'm losing interest in uh, in the ethos at uh, at X, um, you know, for reasons that we don't need to explain to anyone. But um, yeah, my uh, at Mandarin Hal is my is my Twitter um, handle, and on Threads it's at Gen Zero dot Hal Phillips. Well. As Hal said, NFL's over, but there's two big sports going on right now, NBA and, of course, uh, some world football going on. So, Hal, great to see you back, and this was your update.